day and welcome to another edition of Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson and as always, I'm really glad you've chosen to join us today. Michigan hit another big vaccine milestone yesterday. The state says it has now administered 7 million doses. And that means now half of all Michiganders have received at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccine. But it's the other half of all residents that might be the most challenging going forward. We've been talking a lot on the show about vaccine hesitancy, refusal, and accessibility, and ways that we need to address all those issues. The Congressional Black Caucus is also making a concerted effort to solve those problems. This week, members of the caucus are working to educate raise awareness, and create opportunities for constituents to get vaccinated as part of its Mass Vaccination Week. It's an effort spearheaded by Michigan Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, who represents the 14th District here in our state. She is working with several mass vaccination sites throughout the 14th Congressional District here in Southeast Michigan to provide walk-up vaccinations for all eligible Michigan residents. And she joins us now to talk about those efforts and other issues in Washington. Let's talk about first uh, what the situation is on the ground in the 14th district and across Southeast Michigan when it comes to things that are keeping people from getting their shots. What are you hearing about why we don't have more people who have, uh, who've signed up to do this really critical, critical thing? So first of all, I want to set the stage, um, African-Americans across this country disproportionately have attended more funerals as a result of COVID Mm -hmm. and stood by the bedside of so many of our family and friends um, suffering from COVID and have seen this lasting, lingering effects of COVID. And then when we started, we had the hope of a vaccine and we start rolling it out. For me, it was very exciting. We saw the hesitancy. We know that only a 30%, only 30% of the African-American community have gotten their vaccine. And we know that COVID has not gone away. It's still raging. And so what we find the hesitancy is education accessibility and awareness. So let's talk about the um, education. Mm -hmm. I've heard everything, Stephen, from their, they're putting chips in the arms of black people so they can track them or trace them. Well, if you're carrying a cell phone for crying out loud, you can be (laughs) tracked or traced anywhere. There is no need to put a chip in your arm, and that's absolutely not true. I've heard that um, they have a different set of vaccine for black people than they do white people. Well, you know what? Wherever you go, there's a line of white people getting the vaccine. So I I don't know how you can, you can keep that, that untruth going. And one thing that I just want to confront people, because I've heard, well, black people are dying mm-hmm. from from getting the vaccine. And I will ask every last one of them, do you know someone who has 
gotten COVID or died from COVID, almost every black person, they are aware either intimately or they are at least connected to someone who's lost someone to COVID. Mm-hmm. Tell me one person that you know that have died from the vaccine. And no one can name anyone. It's just a rumor. And we have uh, also the accessibility, Stephen. And that's what this week is about, is getting into the neighborhood. We're at North Farmington High. We're at Northwest Activity Center. We are at the the churches, Triumph and, and Empowerment Church. We are... We are at um, Chesla, um, um, uh, the uh, Community Health Center in Southwest Detroit. We are trying to be everywhere that we know we have African Americans. We're at City Hall in in Southfield. We're at Beaumont Hospital. We're at Henry Ford Hospital. And so collectively, we're we're removing that. And you don't have to register. And that's saying, I don't know how to do it. I'll try to figure out how you can't get in. (laughs) You don't have to do that. You just walk up and you can get your shot. And and talk about the Congressional Black Caucus taking this on as an issue. Um, Where did this idea where did this idea come from? And and I guess what are some of the goals for uh, this effort? I think we might have lost Congresswoman uh, Lawrence there. <laughs> we will try to get her. We will try to get her back. Meanwhile, uh, let's go get going on the phones here. Uh, call and tell us what you think needs to happen to make sure we get more people vaccinated here in Southeast Michigan to deal with the worst aspects of this pandemic. What are some of the ideas that you might have that you think might convince people? who are hesitant or just averse to taking the vaccine uh, to get in line and go get their shots. Uh, Also, give us a call and tell us if you're somebody who has not yet gotten the vaccine. If you're one of the folks who is hesitant about this whole thing and not sure that that you want to do it, uh, give us a call and let us know why. Tell me why you don't want to take the vaccine. Uh, I'm somebody who has never taken the flu vaccine. Uh, it just was not something I thought was important. I don't get sick normally. I don't get the flu. And I always said, well, I don't need the vaccine. I don't need to do that to stop from being sick. That did not have anything to do with my calculus about taking the COVID-19 vaccine, because as Congresswoman uh, Brenda Lawrence was just saying, uh, the toll in our community, the absolute horror that we have been through in the last year uh, makes it clear that this is a life and death issue. This is a life and death issue for people we know, people we love, and also for people we don't know who we could infect if we don't get the vaccination. And so, at the earliest eligibility, I signed up and went down and took the vaccine. Uh, and and now I'm somebody who is absolutely saying to everybody else that it's our obligation in this community. It is our obligation to each other to make sure that we take these vaccines, that uh, that we get to that 70 percent herd immunity 
that uh, is kind of a magic number and would allow us to go back to many of the things that uh, that we're missing. Uh, we are we are really uh, not that close to that in this state. Uh, we're at about fifty percent. We need to get to seventy. Uh, the governor is trying to incentivize people to do it by saying that uh, as we get closer and closer, she will drop more and more of the restrictions that we live under. Uh, but yes, uh, we all do need to get that vaccination. And it is a matter of personal responsibility to each other. It is our obligation as citizens and members of this community. So give us a call uh, and let us know if you are taking the vaccine, if you are not taking the vaccine, why, and what you think we need to do to get to higher numbers. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go quickly to Glenn in the Cass Corridor uh, while we're still waiting for Congresswoman Brennan Lawrence to rejoin us. Glenn, what's on your mind? Hey, Stephen. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really, my understanding is in Detroit, eight out of 10 people have not had the vaccine. Hmm. That is just crazy. And having more places for them to get it is not the way to get it done. We need to talk to those people. We need to have we need to sit down and we need to understand what will it take for them to agree to have the vaccine. They need simple statistics mm-hmm. and they and, but but we need to understand. We need to ask them how, what will it take? Yeah. We have to ask them. We can't sit around here and, you know, in our wherever we are and say, oh, well, I think this is the problem. That's the problem. Chip in the arm, black vaccine. I, I think these are stories. And I think there's something more root hmm. in the problem. Yeah. I think people are scared. I was a bit scared when I got it. and It was in January, but it was my duty. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm at, Glenn, Stephen. Glenn, I, I, I really appreciate the call and, uh, and those thoughts. And we do have Congresswoman Lawrence back with us. Uh, welcome back mm-hmm. to the show. Uh, what do you think about what Glenn's saying there about uh, there being some elemental issue with people – especially in Detroit, taking the vaccine that we need to get to. And and talk just a little more about, you mentioned the educational outreach that uh, Mass Vaccination Week is going to include. Tell us what that's going to look like. So when I say to people, this is all hands on deck. What works for one person doesn't work for another, but we're going to have to try. And I know for a fact that in the black community, it is this conspiracy theory, the lack of trust. And I, too, have gotten my vaccine. And, you know, I, I share with people, I was hesitant. I said, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to wait and see how this thing works out. You know, I don't know if it's going to grow a tail on people. I don't, you know. And a friend of mine who's a doctor called me and said, Brenda, you got your shot? I said, uh, no, I'm waiting. He said, waiting for what? I said, well, I heard people are getting sick from it, and I'm, I'm just really going to wait a while and see how other people react. And he said, Brenda, you worried about getting sick? I said, yeah. He said, okay. He said, and he put his two hands up. He said, on one hand, you're sick, dead. He said, 
sick, dead. He said, I can fix sick. I cannot fix dead. But something he said that was so powerful for me, he said, I need you, Brenda. I need you to be in Congress fighting for me. Don't let me down, because if you're sick or in the hospital, and God forbid if you die, all the work you have done, all the brilliance is gone. Mm-hmm. He said, just, and I start thinking about that. And we talked about this in the Black Caucus. Think about the brilliant people we've lost, Benny Napoleon, um, Jewel Ware. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the political people that we know. But the mothers and the fathers and the sisters who were part of the family, and then their children who were dependent on them. Those boys in our community cannot be replaced. They're gone. And we have an opportunity to make a difference, to keep our community strong. I even tell groups when I talk to them, we're saying we're fighting for injustice across the country. We're fighting for criminal justice reform. You can't fight if you're not here. Mm -hmm. You can't fight if you're in a hospital sick. There is something in a and a reason for all of us in this, I feel strongly, that we have a purpose. And you can't fulfill your purpose if you're sick in a hospital with COVID. Yeah, or, or, if, you're, or if you're dead. Uh, exactly. No, no question. Uh, let's go to some uh, calls here. Uh, John in Warren. John, welcome to the program. Good morning. Hi, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. I'm calling because... My concern has been about the fact that they have ignored really the natural immunity vector. Now, I am totally saying if you have not had COVID, you should absolutely get the freaking vaccine because it is far safer to get the vaccine than it is to try to acquire natural immunity. But now they've got several studies that show that natural immunity lasts as far back as you can test, right? You know, which is farther back than we can prove that the vaccine immunity lasts at this point. Mm. And... We also know from both the New York City study and the Stanford study, or UCLA study, that the people who have had asymptomatic COVID, which, by the way, even if you had asymptomatic COVID, still seems to provide the protection from those studies we see on the CDC, uh, that asymptomatic COVID has been, we probably had about at least 10 to 20 times more people exposed to COVID who have now natural immunity than we ever know. Yeah. So, so... So, John, um, you're, you're not wrong about the, the immunity that some people will have because they had COVID. I, I just want to put a couple of pieces of information in your mind, though, that, that might make you think a little differently about that. So, for starters, there are lots of variants of COVID out there right now, and there, there's not very clear understanding of whether – uh, if you get one strain of COVID, that makes you immune to all the other strains that are out there. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, and this is the point that I keep trying to get us to, it is not just about you. We do not know, for instance, that people who've had COVID are not also then still carriers of the disease and can get other people sick. The safest way to make sure that we are all safe from COVID-19 is to get the vaccine, whether you've had the disease or not. And and I got to call somebody out uh, about this right now, Mike Shirky, who is the Senate Majority Leader here in Michigan, who is running around saying to people, well, he had COVID, so he's not, uh, he doesn't need the vaccination. That is 
a terribly dangerous position to be taking. Uh, and this is, I'm going to read you a quote from the CDC about this. It says, you should be vaccinated regardless of whether you already had COVID-19. That's because experts do not yet know how long you are protected from getting sick after recovering from COVID-19. So that's another reason. We, we've got to have truth and information guide these discussions. And it can't just be, well, I heard this, and so I'm going to repeat it. And we have you know, a leader in the state legislature here who's doing it. Uh, I wish he would stop, but uh, I also need you, John, to to listen to that, think about it, and then call and go get a shot. Go get a shot today. Uh, Congresswoman, what's your reaction to John? I, I'm so glad that you brought up the question. Another thing I want to say to John is that when you're sick, you go to your doctor, you go to your uh, to the hospital, and they administer medication as a result of science. And this is about science. Mm -hmm. This isn't about sitting in a room somewhere, developing your own sense of what I think will work, because this disease is contagious. And that issue about people who are asymptomatic was probably some of the most volatile enemy in our community because you're walking around feeling fine mm -hmm. and that's why we tell you to wear your mask and you're spreading the disease to people who are more vulnerable and that's the key that that Stephen that you may be able to walk around and not get really sick but the person you love may have underlying conditions that this virus will just attack Mm -hmm. and make them sick and sometimes even kill them. And so that's why it's, we're all in this together. Yeah. And I really, really encourage you to use the science and get the shot. Yes, yes. Uh, let's go to Sharon in Lathrop Village. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, I love your show, uh, oh, Stephen, you. and I did, and I love uh, Miss Lawrence as well. I wanted to say that... Um, there's nothing worse than I ended up, I got the first vaccine and I couldn't, you know, I was waiting, waiting to get the second one. And I ended up somehow getting COVID and being hospitalized. That's horrible, of course, but there's nothing worse than the feeling of me having put my family at risk. And so I truly, truly am encouraging people to get vaccinated. Mm. Um, my family, they're healthy, but still, I mean, they work. I, I wouldn't want to put them at risk from, you know, losing their jobs because they can't work because they're sick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just that feeling of, yes, I, I'm the reason that my family is ill is horrible. Mm -hmm. And I think people are overlooking that, yes, that family and I myself wanted to be vaccinated because I, I do believe that I need to protect my community, you yeah. know, outside of my family as well. But. Yeah. Yeah. I just really feel strongly about that. Yeah. So, so you got the first vaccine and then ended up getting COVID. Uh, yeah. I mean, not, you know, I, I don't think it was from that vaccine. I'm right, just saying that right. in between, because I got the Pfizer vaccine and the three weeks in between. Yeah. Um, somehow I contracted COVID. And then, and, but then you did get, go ahead and get the second, the second. I haven't shot. gotten it yet. Cause this is all very new. Uh, my doctor wanted me to wait until I see him and, you know, later this yeah. month, but okay. yes, I'm planning to get that second vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sharon, I, I appreciate the call and, and you're sharing your story. And again, uh, one of the key things about your story is 
You went to your doctor, and you're following the advice that your doctor is giving you. I I can't stress enough that uh, that that is the way to deal with these things. Don't just uh, read something somewhere or hear something somewhere and react to it. You have got to follow the science. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to change the subject a little with Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence. We're going to talk about police reform in Congress and the things that Senator Tim Scott said last week about this discussion about racial inequity and racism in America. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, a Democrat from Southfield, who represents Michigan's 14th Congressional District. Uh, Congresswoman, I want to change the subject just a little bit here uh, and talk about police reform, but but I want to start with the speech that Senator Tim Scott, the only African-American member of the GOP caucus in the Senate, gave in response to President Biden's address. Uh, Senator Scott said that it's Democrats and liberals who are dividing the country by talking about race and racism. Uh, And he made this incredible statement uh, where he said, America is not a racist country. And he said that's true despite the discrimination and bias that he's faced in his own life. Um, Now, I say all the time, look, I don't tell people, I don't think anyone has the right to tell anyone uh, how to be an African American in this country, or how to how to think about race. I mean that that's totally up to the individual. But when you get on television, national television, and purport to represent African Americans and say things about race that I think are probably at odds with the way lots of other people think, I think that it's a little bit more problematic. So I want to start with just. Uh, your impressions of what Senator Scott said, and and also give us a sense of who this is, right? Uh, uh, is he a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, for instance? What relationship does he have with other African Americans in Congress? Uh, and 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 how did you, as a member of the CDC, CBC, uh, react to the things that he said in that speech? Unfortunately, um, Tim Scott refused to be a part of the Congressional Black Caucus. And we have had Republican African Americans who have joined the Black Caucus Mm -hmm. because we stand up against any sign of. I think we have lost Congresswoman Lawrence again, and it was just as she was getting started on a really important point. Um, uh, let's get. We do have some other phone calls that uh, that I can sprinkle in here, but I really would like to to hurry up and get her back so that we can we can talk about Tim Scott and, and police reform. Uh, but let's go back to the phones here. Let's go to Gerald in Detroit. Gerald, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I wanted to talk to Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence because she'll I grew be back up in her neighborhood <laughs> where she grew up. Oh, is that right? And, um, <laughs> yeah, and um, basically. You know, you guys changed subjects on me when I called in. I wanted to talk about the vaccine. Uh 
And a lot of the reasons why black people don't want to take these vaccines is because racist historical facts. Everything from the Tuskegee experiment to bringing drugs in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, uh, specific incidents, uh, the real Rick Ross, freeway Rick Ross, who got caught up in the Iran-Contra thing, and he was actually selling the CIA's drugs in the community and never knew it. And so these kinds of things are the things that make black people apprehensive about taking these vaccines, as well as the policing issue where, you know, if you grew up in Detroit, you know about the big four, you know about stress, you know about all of these things that happen that folks have seen on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. then after Dennis Archer changed how uh, policing was done by you no longer having to live inside the city in order to become a police officer, you're able to have uh, four white cops come to an incident that's dealing, might even be domestic or whatever it is, dealing with black people. Mm-hmm. So all of these incidents intertwined into one and i have one solution actually for the policing and that would be start foot patrols again yeah well that's so a that great people idea in the community would know the police intimately and, they, and the police would know the community intimately and they would be able to get on one accord if folks could see them walking as opposed sure. to doing drive-by yeah no i i absolutely agree with that gerald but but let me ask you a couple of questions i mean everything you said is absolutely right, okay? I mean, look, uh, this is a, a, a nation with a, a terribly racist history. That racism carries forward into all kinds of things that we deal with today. Uh, your, your comments about policing and the relationship between police and the African-American community, not just here in Detroit, but all over uh, the country, that's all true. But but do you think it makes sense to respond to all of that by refusing to take a vaccine that will stop the absolute sorrow and horror that we've been living as African-Americans for the last year? I mean, the, the, the racism you point out is what drove the high numbers of people who were sick, and people who died in our community because of COVID. This is the the way forward. And and I guess my frustration is is not with people who say, look, I don't trust, I don't want to trust because of the history. I guess my frustration is with the idea that we would bring more suffering on ourselves by reacting to that mistrust in an inappropriate way. Does that make sense, Gerald? I totally understand your point of view, because me personally, I've had 33 friends to die yeah. from COVID. Wow. But that does not take the fear from the masses of our community because of the historical facts that have kicked in. Yeah, yeah. So, Gerald, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot. Off of fear. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little here. Have you gotten the vaccine? No, not yet. I'm watching a little bit longer, you know, from what I've noticed about what, what, uh, what is it that, what, what, what would it take to convince well, you? I was going to say, I'm going to eventually take it. You are. I'm, okay. I'm waiting a little bit longer. You know, like how <laughs> the new iPhone comes out and everybody rushes to get it. Yeah. And I want to make sure all the kinks worked out first. Okay. Okay. Um, what, do you have a time frame or do you have something that you're waiting to see happen? Well, as, 
things just happened. Uh, actually, what was it last night or today? It was reported that someone died off of the vaccine uh, that they took off the market and just put back on the market. Yeah. The yeah. Johnson and Johnson. Uh-huh. And someone here in Michigan just died or at least it's just been reported that they died. They they took the vaccine right before they took it off the market, and they just died. And it wasn't from a blood clot. Now it's some dealing with the, uh, the brain. Yeah, but 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 so millions of today. people, millions of people have taken that vaccine and had no side effects. I understand effects. all I mean, of those. I, look, I'm not being illogical about the thing, <laughs> but I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm going yeah. away because I'm a realist, man. Yeah. And I don't don't just, you know, crowd follow so to speak yeah i pay attention and i and and my thing is logically speaking i'm going because i have a daughter who went to school to be a, a ophthalmologist yeah so it's not that i'm <laughs> not dealing with science right, i understand right. why the covid hangs on so long because it's surrounded by a fat cell all of these things i understand yeah but that does not make me not well, have apprehension yeah well gerald I, I i gotta say uh i hope that very soon you can overcome all those apprehensions and that you will get the that you will get the vaccine. I'm I'm crossing my fingers for you on that. Okay, um, we we have run out of time for this segment, uh, and uh, I want to apologize to Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence for the technical problems that uh, cut her line a couple of times. We're going to have her back though really soon to talk about police reform and to talk about uh, Senator Tim Scott, which uh, she was just warming up to, to talk about that when we lost the line again. All right, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to switch subjects again. We're going to talk about Michigan's 45-year-old bottle and can return law. Chad Livingood of Crane's Detroit Business says it's time to modernize that system or just get rid of it altogether. We'll ask him why next. 